Welcome to Sisters Voices. My name is Karen Akuswadadi. Today we are speaking with Blessing Onyejike Ananaba from the Girl Child Art Foundation. Blessing, could you please tell our listeners who you are and what you do for the Girl Child Art Foundation? My name is Blessing. I'm the executive director and founder of Girl Child Art Foundation. Our mission is to see African girls empowered to reach their full potential and also help them realize their dreams. Girl Child Foundation works predominantly using all forms of art. And if you ask us why art, we let you know that art is a space that we are quite comfortable in. Art gives us the freedom to be creative and express ourselves and to be our real self without someone judging us or comparing us with anybody. You know, there's absolute liberty using art. And so we find art as a very good tool for advocacy, for learning, for expression of an expansion of the mind. Thank you so much for that. Since art is not necessarily considered as important in some of our communities, but again, you said it's a vehicle for self-expression and liberation. What have their reactions been to the programs and the projects that you have initiated? Generally, our experience with working with young women is that they have been groomed to see themselves mostly in a particular light where they feel that I might not be capable of doing certain things, some things that are restricted for only girls like cooking. Once the girls start our programs, most of them come shy, a little bit timid, a little bit not confident in themselves. We loosen them up. We make them relax and to believe in themselves. Before they attend one or two sessions of our activity, we find out it was not the same girl who came two weeks ago that is now here. They start becoming very confident. They start trusting in themselves, in what they can do. Start trusting in their visions and their dreams. Start trusting in their imagination. Start trusting in who they can become. And so it has impacted tremendously in positively in the life of the girls that we serve. We've had quite a good number of uh, positive results because at least 95% of girls who pass through our programs graduate from the university, have a career, want to own a business or own a business or leading one organization or the other. Our pioneer members and alumni are doing well in different organizations. Some of them even have their own non-profits. So we, we've done quite well with giving them some good level of boldness and building their self-esteem. Wow, it is so lovely to hear how young women are finding themselves with art and with self-expression, especially in times and communities where the sciences seem to be elevated over the arts. Off the back of that, in going to your website, I did see that with particular projects and programs, that there are very strict rules that the girls have to adhere to. How has your organization dealt with upholding the honor system of, of making sure that girls show up and participate, but also grapple with how, I guess, the community might not necessarily be supportive of girls showing up? How have you dealt with the kind of push and pull that the community might, might give you in terms of creating this space and keeping the girls within these spaces? What we have, usually we use our school outreach programs as a medium to talk to the girls directly, not necessarily going through their parents. So most of the time, they, the girls know about us by themselves, not through their parents, which makes it even more difficult to convince their, their parents or their guidance that, look, what we're doing here is positive, is going to help me succeed in life, is going to help me 
become better. I'm not going to spend my time on the streets, getting involved in activities that might harm me. And so you'll find that once we're done convincing the girls, some of them are able to share the same information clearly to their parents or their guidance. Their parents are likely not, not to say yes, but then you find that there are girls who are determined to help themselves and that maybe their parents are hardly around, so they feel, oh, I can do something positive, so even my mom or my dad sees what I'm doing, this is good, they won't shout at me or they won't be angry at me. So we have such girls who are able to come on their own, but then you also have girls who you have to go extra mile to reach out to their parents. So we do that, and we have to bring the parents to the office, bring the parents to our studios, bring them to our sessions, and let them, you know, just sit down somewhere and listen and see if this is good. And you find out that parents end up allowing them. Some parents don't. We have, we've had girls who their parents literally fought us. We don't want my ch child to do anything arts. She's not supposed to be an artist. They don't understand. They think it's just come and uh, become artists. That's what we're teaching the children. But, you know, um, over time, those girls' lives have changed for the better. So you find that the parents end up allowing them to continue with the sessions. Those are the kind of challenges we see on, on that level. But then, like we said, most of our projects are not very long-term. Some of them, the girls can learn a whole lot of skills within a short period of six weeks, two weeks, four sessions, two sessions, four, six sessions. So um, they don't necessarily have to come all through their lives. However, when they learn some skills, they can give back to the organization, which some of them also do. And it has helped us grow too as an organization. You've spoken about the struggles in, in keeping um, girls engaged and in, in getting the community to see the work that you do as important. I can imagine that it has been even difficult in recent times having to deal with the COVID-19 pandemic. Could you share with us how COVID has shifted your strategies for work or how it has impacted the programs and the interventions that you have tried to implement within your communities? The COVID pandemic has actually affected us in so many ways. So for instance, we can no more reach our girls face-to-face. And most times when you don't see someone face-to-face -face and look into their eyes, you hardly know their real pain. You hardly can identify their issues. And so on that level, we are losing the human contact we've had with our girl. And so if someone is having menstrual problems or she doesn't have money for her, her sanitary towels, she's no more likely to ask you or say, oh, I don't have money. She will now have to face whatever situation she has to face to get money to buy her sanitary pad. And so when we are working without um, the pandemic, we had packages and plans for problems like this. When you don't have school fees, we can actually squeeze out some money and it helps some people out. If you're having some problems in your academics, we find a way to assign you somewhere for help. But now, these little issues, we don't have access to them because we can't physically see our girl. And many of them cannot afford credits or data to participate in online programs. And so what we did was to devise other means um, as a creative organization, having <laughs> gone through the shock of the pandemic, we had to devise ways to reach out to our beneficiaries. And we started working with the public schools because most of them had WhatsApp arrangements with their teachers to communicate with the children when there was a full-time lockdown. 
And we're giving them activities and training them using WhatsApp and then they're giving us feedback using WhatsApp as well. For us in the office, we've worked predominantly remotely and it's been effective because we had to take expert trainings and also learn from other organizations on what they are doing in other parts of the world and how they are surviving the pandemic. So far, we have devised um, means of coordinating our work more digitally, which we were not doing before. The advent of COVID pandemic helped us to also apply certain softwares that is now helping us measure our work, our daily work, our daily input in the organization. So it has a good side and it also has a bad side. And the final question that I want to ask is, what are the ways that anyone listening can help or support the work that you do? There are several ways anyone that wants to help us can. And so um, we have, we usually need volunteers in different areas of our work. We need volunteers to do our school reach out outreach programs. We need volunteers to help us with training the girls in different areas of expertise. We also need financial support to run the organizations. But for us, working with a very good team, a very professional team, is some of our most important needs. Because if we have a good team, we definitely will get the funding that we need and we move forward from there. Thank you so much, Blessing. It has been an honor having you on this podcast. This has been such an interesting conversation to learn. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.